0: is the flex network (laughs) this is the flex network flex on
1: them flex on everybody oh yes ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the flex network i'm your host flex shane you can follow me on twitter at the flex network one i'm joined by the sultan of swing himself Alan Soslowski. Alan, what's going on, brother?
0: Oh my God. I'm I'm glad we're back doing this. We, you know, we were we were rocking every week for a while and mm-hmm. we stopped doing podcasts. Um, not for any other reason than just to take a take a breather, but this is our specialty. This is this is where uh where you shine, right? The off-season talk. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this. This is the f-
1: Honestly, this is my favorite part of the, like time of the year. Like during the season, it's fun, but it's kind of grindy, right? There's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, every day, you're you're d- checking waivers, you're ch- checking lineups. There's Thursday games, there's Monday games, Tuesday games, Wednesday games. At least in a COVID era, it's uh, it was an interesting year. I think overall, it was a lot of fun. But this is this is where we make our hay, Al. It's early on. It's participating in some of these early rounds best balls which we're going to talk about today which of course helps set us up for draft season i know all the way
0: in august but there's no better way to prepare for your draft than to participate in a best ball where you have a little stake in the game you know absolutely
1: And, and you know what that's uh that's also my favorite place to look at adps because i mean for all these mock drafts they're all over the place right people are testing things out whereas you know you got a few shickles involved and uh it's actually reliable ADPs. But I would be remiss Al, if we didn't start by talking about the big trade that went down yesterday. Of course, Jared Goff and two firsts and a third going to Detroit for Mr. Matthew Stafford to the Rams, of course. What what are your thoughts on that?
0: Win-win. Both teams. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean yep. it, it's it was more than obvious and this is not a hot take that the Rams uh are our Super Bowl contender. Every year of the last past few years and probably next couple years moving forward. But Jared Goff is below that threshold for acceptable quarterbacks that can get you there. He's, uh, you know, if if there's no adverse circumstances, Jared Goff's fine. He's a perfectly competent NFL quarterback. But the position needed an upgrade. So some people think it was an overpay. Matthew Stafford probably is that cut line, like the minimum level of plus quarterback that could probably raise the play of the other receivers. So they win they paid a king's ransom for him you know they uh but they did you know take on a massive contract which doesn't mean much i think they owe him over a 100 million dollars in guaranteed money they could probably they they have to keep him this year jared goff uh so yeah it's a win the lions get some good draft capital in 20 in uh 2022 and 23 uh mm-hmm. i think it makes sense for both teams yeah i mean they can't
1: they certainly can't cut him this year uh goff has 43 million dollars of dead cap Whereas he's only got a twenty-seven million dollars salary, next year twenty twenty two, his salary would be twenty five million, but his dead cap hit would be fifteen million. So I expect him to be around for at least the next two seasons, and then after that, there's is, is an out.
0: Which is fine because yeah. even if the Lions draft a quarterback again, no no quarterback sits for two years unless you're Jordan Love, right? But if uh, <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. I mean, at least they can, they know you're not going to be afraid, even though Jared Goff is making this huge salary. If you draft somebody, you're not going to be afraid to play them. Jared Goff is just going to be, you you bought Jared Goff. You traded for Jared Goff for the, for the picks. Uh, I mean,
1: I love it for the, the skilled positions in, in LA, right? I mean, Cooper cup he, he had that knee injury right around the playoffs, which worried you a little bit, but he escaped a major <laughs> knee injury. So I think he should be good to go for next year. Of course, Robert Woods is pretty reliable every single year. I think that this is going to do good things for Cam Akers, who was finally coming on last year. I mean, we saw that DeAndre Swift was, what, getting five targets a game, pretty much, in, in the passing game. So I could see them doing that with Cam Akers. You know, I've always liked Cam Akers. I think he's got decent hands. Maybe not quite as good as, as DeAndre Swift, but I could certainly see them using him, that him in all three phases of the game. Overall, man, watch out, man. The Rams are going to be good next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I expect, you know, they're good every year, right? They were they in the second round of the playoffs. So I just think that, like, really the question for us is, what does this do to the value of one Matt Stafford and then the skill players around him? Does this make the tight ends a little bit more viable? TJ Hawkinson, you know, everyone Mm – Everyone likes him, but nobody thought he was getting enough targets. Is this a downgrade for the for the tight ends in in L.A.? So uh, it'll be interesting. I think that the immediate reaction from the best ball markets, the ones that, that pop off in the next two weeks, is going to be Matt Stafford gets elevated into the top 12 QBs if he wasn't already there. And definitely I think there's going to be uh, an early run on Cooper Cup and certainly Akers, who was already going in the late third. I As I predicted, that it's not a hot take, but he'll be a second-round player player when it's all said and done and then robert woods you know maybe instead of going in the the sixth and eighth round respectively they both go now in the fourth and fifth round so
1: i was mentioning to you that i was i was mapping out some of the very early because i think the underdog drafts just started this week so it's maybe we have maybe a week of data but cam Akers early on his adp is 15 so that's smack dab early second round right now so I mm. think, and this was before the news. This was from uh, yesterday morning. Is when I pulled yeah. this. One that's data. one right.
0: One one QB leagues. I was thinking of the couple drafts that I right. did were superplex yeah. leagues. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's earlier than I anticipated. I'm talking about maybe, startup
1: like startup um, dynasty drafts?
0: Yeah, but startup dynasty drafts often often yeah. have similar ADP in the first few rounds. Have yeah. similar redrafts. Like that's you know, where there's no one that goes in the top 24 picks that wouldn't go in a redraft. this same group of people.
1: Well, let's, let's get into it. Let's, start, let's talk about the first round. We, you say it, this is a says ism. You cannot win your draft in the first round, but you can certainly lose it. And, uh, let's, let's parse through this very first round ADPs. Cause this, this stuff makes me excited. And right off the bat, I think what was pretty interesting is that you, I want to say took Travis Kelsey at seven overall in one of your oh, drafts this week, right? Um, he went five overall. I just started the draft. I'm still midway through it. I'm very early. So I've got about four rounds of ADP, but he went five overall and his ADP as a whole is six. So that's right. Smack dab in the middle, kind of where people were taking Michael Thomas last year. Now, my question to you, Al is one, are you willing to pay that price? Obviously you are. And two, do you think he's going to be able to pay it off? I mean, this is ahead of guys like Devonte Adams. Um, it's ahead of Jonathan Taylor. From an ADP perspective and ahead of the, that kind of that next tier of running backs, your Ch- Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Cam Akers, that group of, of, of players, is he worth taking ahead of all the wide
0: receivers? I mean, there's there's many ways to build a fantasy team, a best ball team, a dynasty team, and Travis Kelsey starting point is one of them. Yeah, uh, some people are, you know, some drafters, some fantasy owners are going to be like, I don't want to build with a tight end. I, I'm happy getting Darren Waller two rounds later. I'm happy just playing uh, multiple guys, to the position where other fantasy players and, you know, in a $5, $10 best ball and underdog. I, I wanted to build it that way, but there is a real advantage with Travis Kelsey. Now, keep in mind, underdog is half PPR, so, yes. you know, but. I don't think that matters. Travis Kelsey is when you when you slot him in with wide receivers, he's a top five wide receiver. And the fact that he is tight end eligible just makes him that much more valuable. Now, in any sort of premium scoring, point and a half, point mm. seven, uh, 1.75 PPR, or even greater than that, Travis Kelsey could be justified as a top three or four pick. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's just the point too much. And he doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. So I like. Uh, it's not gonna be my main build, starting with a tight mm-hmm. end, but it's certainly how I wanted to try it first off, because I was just thinking about, I was like, wow, Travis Kelsey's gonna have a first round ADP. Let me see what that looks like in a in a lower stakes best ball. And you know, there was there was some merit to it, and there's also some downside. You definitely lose out on value uh, in the running backs and wide receivers. I
1: think what's really interesting, what you kind of nailed here, is just the fact that he is. I mean, when you compare him to the wide receivers, he's a top five wide receiver in terms of points. And then when you add to the fact that you are going to have an advantage almost every single week in that position, it really does seem like a no brainer. And, and just like every other year parsing out to tight ends this year, there's going to be Travis Kelsey on his own little plane. Right. And then you've got George Kittle and Darren Waller. We're assuming George Kittle is going to come
0: back healthy and whether or not
1: are they've you, got
0: it. Are you, isn't there too much risk with George Kittle to even consider him in the first two rounds? <sighs> I risk. risk. Yeah, see, exactly. I wouldn't do
1: it. No way, I wouldn't do it. But if he fell to me in the say the early third round, if I'm picking right at you know right at the start of the first, I've got my running back. I come back. I'm either going to wide receiver or maybe another running back. And then flip coming around early third round, sure. I would consider him. Right now, his ADP is sixteen. Again, moving target. I'm not con- convinced that I wouldn't take Darren Waller ahead of George Kittle.
0: Yeah, right no, now, I'm, right? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'd yeah. especially in ADP. If if Darren Waller's ADP is in the fourth round. I mean that is a no brainer, but yeah, just as far as like just straight up rankings, we know yeah. game to game that George Kittle has like the theoretical be- better upside, but we've mm-hmm. seen Darren Waller put up you know a 200 yard multi you know 10 plus catch game. So who's uh, to argue that he doesn't have that uh, now? As long as Derek Carr is the quarterback, now if there's a new quarterback and we don't know who the quarterback's going to be in San Francisco, but mm-hmm. I guess that doesn't really matter. George Kittle's still going to be the main passing target there.
1: Okay, so you're, you, you've you started doing a little bit of your your rookie prep. I know you have. Um, the top tight end this year, probably one of the best tight end prospects to come out in a long time, is Kyle Pitts. He's being potentially mocked. Of course, this is just by draft Twitter, right? So who knows where he's actually going to go. But he's being mocked to the San Francisco 49ers. And I look back. At what at what, at what pick number? I think it's number nine overall. Yeah. Rough, rough numbers. I don't have it directly in front of me, but it's it, I think it's right around nine. So this guy is an elite pass-catching beast, tight end. So I can just imagine if they decide to go that direction, they can play the two tight end sets. They've got Debo Samuel, you know our boy, hopefully he's healthy. Um, Of course, Brendan Ayuk. And then whatever they want to do with with their running back rotation, that's another pretty dangerous offense, I think. If they were to get a guy like Kyle Pitts, you wouldn't know where the hell they're going to go in any given play. I think that would be pretty sick.
0: Kyle Pitts out of Florida i've just started yeah. doing some some tape watch on him and living down here in Florida i mean you know he he's a he's a very popular player and mm-hmm. you know we've he's certainly worthy of a top 10 overall real NFL draft pick he's he's a, a tight end eligible for fantasy but he is more like a wide receiver right and and we're gonna get into oh, some yeah some depth on him. Now, I think him going to San Francisco is is not optimal for his fantasy value one because of everything you just laid out. If he goes to San Francisco, I think that the point that we hit on earlier, moving George Kittle to 3, maybe even 4 Below, you know, Mark Andrews, it would eh, that might be a bridge too far, but certainly below yeah. Waller if that happens, because it, it's now you're talking about multiple pass targets. That would be a a, a terrible hit to all of the players on in this offense, because yeah. now you're talking about it would be like the equivalent of having three good running backs when you have four viable passing targets. Yeah,
1: and the thing is, we didn't really see a season with Debo Samuel because even though he played some games, he wasn't healthy for the entire season. So we don't really know how that offense is going to look as it is right now right with with uh, you and a uh, healthy Debo Samuel mm-hmm. add one more p- piece in there I mean maybe for fantasy it wouldn't be fantastic but for the NFL I, I just think about the early days back with um, Mr. Gronkowski and that other guy that other tight end guy we're not going to say his name Aaron Hernandez. Jimmy Graham
0: oh, oh Aaron Hernandez yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and actually, just how you know.
1: dynamic they were you know
0: yeah. Now you, we we were talking about Kelsey in the first round. That's how this discussion started. So, here's my one pause. And I don't know if this should even carry any merit, but we've seen this before, the first round tight end in fantasy. Remember when Gronk mm-hmm. and Jimmy mm-hmm. Graham both went in the first round? It never worked out. Now, I know they're totally different players. They were more touchdown dependent. Uh it, it's you know, they were just they had these outrageous seasons. Travis Kelsey feels more like he should be viewed as a wide receiver. Plus he has this little advantage of being a tight end eligible, but so it's a little different, but I'm a little cautious to, uh, to, to move forward with him uh, in a, in any draft that I had a little bit more stake in the game on just for that reason. Well, I think that's a good
1: point. I think maybe middle of the first round might be a little bit early. For Kelsey, I actually had it. So in this one, I wanted to do the slow draft. They only had uh, 10-team slow draft, so it's a 10-person league. But I was picking on the one I did. one I did was 12,
0: right? The one I did was was 12. 12. Okay.
1: Yeah, so I was picking on the turn. So at the 10 and then the the 2.1, so 10 and 11. And I was kind of open Kelsey would fall to me because, to me, that's kind of the sweet spot. You do that. At that point, most of the elite-elite running backs are going to be off the board. But I ended up going Tyree Kill and Stephon Diggs. I would have been just as happy going maybe – Heck, I would have doubled up Tyree killed Travis Kelsey on the turn, maybe come back at a Patrick Mahomes and just go absolutely nuclear. Because exactly. again, in these best ball leagues, you want points, right? In any given week, those three players together is pretty dynamic. But okay, I didn't want this to just become a tight end discussion.
0: I want to know. Just Al- the- I just want to hit underline one point that you made. I thought sure. was really good is that game format matters. So in your season long league, oh, yes. I I wouldn't recommend taking Kelsey in the first round because you need receivers or running backs that you could projectably start every week. In a best sure. ball, you can load up on the on those middle tier wide receivers that you're just guessing on every week in your season long league because you're gonna get you never have to make that lineup decision. So going after Kelsey in a seat in a um best ball makes a little bit more sense in the middle of the first. Rather than a season-long league, because you want those projectable every week starters. The, the one of the
1: hardest things in fantasy, of course, is is deciding your start set right. And early on, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's very hard. And early on, if you can get guys like a Stefan Diggs or Devontae Adams that you're just going to plug and play and chill on it, you're never going to think twice about it. It really makes those decisions down the road a lot easier, Um because a lot of the time you're not going to have super deep running backs. So Whereas you might have five or six viable starters at wide receiver. It makes that decision a little bit easier. Plus you're getting an elite player at that position, but okay, move on. Then. I'm interested to, to know. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. So I've started doing my tiers because we've talked about it and, and I'm, I'm building up the, the draft kit for DFS army. And I know you started working on that as well. And I think what's interesting is that there's this group of players and it's right around I guess you could say end of the first round, early second round. And there's this group of the running backs that I'm having a hard time really parsing out in terms of how I would rank them. And I wanted to get your thoughts. So this is how I've got it right now. I've got Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Cam Akers, and James Robinson. I've got those group of wide receivers, or excuse me, those groups of running backs. And then the next group that I've, again, I give them one tier below for one reason or another, but Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, Josh Jacobs, who was frankly disappointing last year, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, and then I've snuck in Najee, Najee Harris, who's a rookie. We don't know where he's going. I've got him at the bottom of that tier. Now I think that's interesting, but is there anybody out that 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 should either be not in that group of players, Al, that you think I'm too, I'm ranking too high or perhaps too low?
0: Yeah, I'm opening up my rankings as I'm, I'm talking to you. And okay. I, I think, I mean, I'm a little bit higher on Swift uh, than I think the market is already. I've, I've seen him, like, fall out of the second round in some of these early mocks. I don't know if this this latest trade will help or hurt his his perceived value. But, hmm. yeah, no, you, you hit on all the names that I think are relevant. Like, where are you, where are you ranking Saquon Barkley?
1: Oh, so this one was tough. Um, I've got my first, my top four. I've got CMC. Then I've got Dalvin Cook 2. Alvin Kamara, three, and then Derrick Henry, four. It could okay. be dynamic rankings, but that's where I've got them right now. The next tier of player that I've got, I've got Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor in a tier right there above the other guys that I just mentioned. So to me, right now, I've got Barkley, one ahead of Jonathan Taylor, but that that could okay. shift. I mean, I know – I. So for those, we didn't even mention it at the start of the show, but of course, Alan, you've been doing a lot of work over at Watch. You're helping them with all their uh, dynasty rankings. And one of the, uh, I think, really fun conversations that you guys had at the start of the season was Saquon Barkley, Barkley versus Alvin Kamara. So you mentioned yeah. it before. A lot of the time, dynasty rankings really are very similar to our, our redraft rankings. And I believe you had, like you're kind of lower on Saquon Barkley than the market, I, yeah. uh, I want to say, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, you're talking about two seasons of, of season-ending injuries. I mean, it, Saquon Barkley is an elite talent. I mean, I, there's no doubt about it. And the Giants, you know, with, with their current offense, I mean, yeah, there's hope. But I just don't think he's locked and loaded. You saw Wayne Gallman produce in the same offense. Now, I know... Uh, Barkley probably would have produced even better as the Giants got better last year. And Mm -hmm. obviously he deserves to be one of the top tier running backs. but there's more risk with Saquon Barkley. People are just thinking that like there's, there's no risk whatsoever. You're talking about two season enders. Um, Maybe he's just his size. His fame is not conducive with the type of cuts and, and athletic ability that he has to sustain a full NFL season. I mean, to take Saquon Barkley, uh, and just think that they're, you're taking him at, at, as we did last year, mm-hmm. that he's just a locked and loaded RB1, I think that it's, um, it's confidence that you should not have. Now, if you want to do it because you see the upside, which there's certainly there, no problem. But there's even risk with Alvin Kamara because presumably no Drew Brees. We saw how he produced or lack of production when Taysom Hill was in the game. So both of those guys carry more risk than usual. Uh it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, Barkley could easily rebound and and have his early five value, top three value restored. But there's so many other players in the first round, and you hit on it in the beginning. You could certainly you can't win your draft in the first round, but you certainly could lose it. I'm not willing to stake my whole fantasy season in a high stakes league on Saquon Barkley in the top three or four picks. But I understand why you would. I, I get it. I don't have a good argument against it. So you're taking Derrick Henry. Ahead of both those guys. Yes. And that fits. It fits the, the, my, my guiding principle, which is you can't win your draft in the first round, but you certainly could lose it. Derrick Henry is rock solid as they come. Now. I know there's going to be a new offense there, with a new offensive coordinator, but any offensive coordinator comes in is going to make Derrick Henry, the, the, the main focal point of the offense. So I'm doing it that way. Understanding the upside is better with Barkley, but I'm managing floor, I'm managing downside in the first round.
1: Who do you like? Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley.
0: Uh, I think there, Barkley is probably the better pick. Uh, not, and again, we talked floor. Nick Chubb is the safest mm-hmm. pick you can make in the first round outside of yeah. Derrick Henry, but yeah. Kareem Hunt really does cap his upside. So uh, we're in agreement there. I, I think. Well, you have Barkley as a top three player. Yeah, we're, we're, I think well, the market's you know, going to agree with you. I I've think the market is the top five. I've got, yeah. got a number five overall. Yeah. So I, are I, we?
1: Are, are we just locking in CMC then? One one. I mean, when he was on the field last year, he was frigging elite. He was CMC, yeah. but. We talked, he had a full, a full season injury. A right. lot of it times is. it's not the years. It's the wear and tear on, on the tires for these running backs.
0: He's 24 yeah. years old. He It's not like he was knocked out for the season when he came back. Right. Sometimes when those guys come back, if he produced a dud when he came back, that'd be yeah. fine. But he, he was a 30 pointer when he came back. Then he went out again. He came back too early, but even compromised mm-hmm. in non-optimal conditions, he still produced there's for me there's no reason to go away from him uh you know he you talked about wearing the tires maybe the saved a little wear but running backs get injured you know we were we excused it from Barkley last year we still mm-hmm. drafted him as a top two overall player now it's twice so now I'm mm-hmm. proceeding with a little caution and I could be wrong but there, I'm not going to be wrong to the point where it's going to lose me my league you know because I'm still going to get a very good sure thing player in the first round I've been fantasizing
1: about Deshaun Watson. Now, granted, the organization has said they're not going to trade him, but Deshaun, he's pretty adamant. I think he's going to get a trade. Going to Carolina, I think that that offense, oh, man, that would be so exciting. Of course, DJ Moore is kind of my boy. I love him. Very disappointing season. I mean, he's had a good year, but disappointing from where he was being drafted. Um, We saw Robbie Anderson explode last year. Um, Curtis Samuel, who we know Flex Matt has been in love with forever. He's a free agent. He may not be back there. Yeah, he might not be back, but for the right price, maybe they'd be willing to sign him. Uh, That's kind of my fantasy. I I would love that for fantasy football. Um, We'll see if that happens. I I don't know. But if if, if Deshaun went to Carolina, I mean, CMC, same thing. I think that would be so good for him and that would be a fun offense. But
0: I I have um in my uh write up that I'm doing for DFS Army about uh free agency predictions, mm-hmm. I have Curtis Samuel going to the Pack uh not the Packers, sorry. That also that would be interesting too. Mm-hmm. I have him going to the Jets.
1: That would be very interesting. Another potential landing spot for Mr. Deshaun Watson. So the Jets, you're a Jets fan. Mm-hmm. Who do you want them to be drafting? It, I, assuming yeah. that assuming that they that they're gonna be using their draft pick on a quarterback.
0: Well, oh, I. Like? The, you asked what I what I want as a jet mm-hmm. fan is I want them to stay with Sam Darnold and draft uh, Sewell the tackle. But uh, oh yeah, I know that's. Jet fans hate that response, and you know, I understand why. You know, Justin Fields is an exciting prospect, and yeah, but you know he's Justin Fields is worthy of a number two pick by early just by looking at you know some of the tape and some of the uh, the the information on him. But mm-hmm. he's not a locked in number two pick like Trevor Lawrence is a locked in number one prospect we wouldn't be surprised if feel goes two, or if he goes 10, you know I mean? That would be a good, yeah. you know, a little bit of a surprise, but not, not too much. So I think when you could eat, when you can get the, uh, the all time, ta- you know, the, one of the best tackle prospects there has been in the last few years. Plus you already have, uh, backed in as a tackle. Now you've mm-hmm. built a real foundation of a team. I like Donald, but I understand. Um, what would you think for the jets? What's your opinion? see
1: i love justin fields i really do oh, i think he's just he's a winner he really is and i i mean it's tough though right because because you build that offensive line you can do a lot of things and really it, it can really um be a bandage over frankly an average or below average quarterback like sam Darnold. the thing is, is that Darnold did suffer a bunch of injuries last year so it's it's so tough to really put a verdict on the guy when he when he was start it looked like he was starting to get it but, you know, as a, as a Denzel Mims fantasy manager, I, I don't really trust Mr. Sam Darnold, to be honest with you. Uh, James Crowder was was surprisingly efficient last year, which was awesome. He got peppered with targets. Um, I, I don't know. I, to me, the Jets, they've got so many issues. But an offensive line is good. But if they have an opportunity to draft a, a career quarterback who I think really could change their their franchise, I would do it with Justin Fields. Um, that's just me. I don't know. I, just, I think the market,
0: once again, I think the, I think the consensus is certainly going to agree with you. And you yeah. were talking about the Sean Watson earlier. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the Sean Watson's going anywhere unless somebody comes with like, you know, the craziest deal ever, you know, but like, why would you do that? You just, you know, you have leverage when you're the team. You're just like, no, we're not trading you. I don't care. The, th- the thing is, I mean, we saw what Matt Stafford just went
1: for what you would have to pay to get to Sean Watson would be absolutely astronomical. Bill O'Brien isn't there anymore, so right. people are actually gonna have to pay and, for.
0: And you know, people are talking about the Jets. It's like, why would Watson want to go to a Jets team where they've depleted all their assets to get him? Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: So I'm not going to. We're not going to dive deep into the rookies right now, but at the very top, I think that it's relevant to talk about because we're talking about best balls to talk about where we would consider drafting some of these early round. Running backs, or some of these higher tier running backs, and when I say that, of course, I'm talking about Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and Javante Williams. I think they're kind of the consensus top three. Um, they're, they're three players that can have three down work roles. I think that those three players are right in the conversation with the draft class last year. I think Jonathan Taylor's maybe a step above all of them, but when you're still looking at um, Najee against, say, like a Cam Akers or a De- DeAndre Swift, I think they're all in the same conversation in terms of a talent. And then if you think of the fact, okay, these guys are going in the first and second round, if you can, say, get a guy like Najee Harris mid-third, early-fourth round in your best balls, is that where you want to pull the trigger? Um, I know we had this exact same conversation last year with JT, right, and and where we'd pull the trigger on him.
0: And, and, and he said, by the way, he, yeah. if you drafted Jonathan Taylor in the third round of your best ball, you lost because he gave you zeros for... You know, he gave you not. He he didn't score for you for like multiple yeah. weeks, six seven weeks. So it was you a know
1: what losing. Though, I I I drafted JT early
0: third round in our banana Hammock boy league. The, totally, the different. To to- totally different. Okay. But totally so different. totally You're talking about fastballs. Because in a season long league, there's yeah. a replacement value. Like, you know, right. what running backs did you get later on that you were popping in there? You know, you, you mm-hmm. didn't you didn't have it. It's a totally different game. So I agree. He was a winning pick. Yep. in a season long league where you got him third because you started him early. Then when he wasn't scoring for you, you were able to take him out and replace him in your okay. best ball league where you thought you were set. You thought you were set because you drafted running back, running back, yeah. running back. You just didn't, you didn't get the value out of him. So I looked at, uh, some of the winning, uh, the, the, the percentages of winning players on best balls, it, I, they have that data out there. I'll find it for you, and, and yeah. we can go through it together on a podcast. But Jonathan Taylor was on very few teams that won best balls, that cashed in best balls. But in season-long yeah. leagues, you were right. He was a rock-solid home run pick because he was a difference maker down the stretch when you were able to projectively start him. Well, and then
1: every every week
0: isn't the same. I mean, if you got a player that's that's
1: just going ham during the playoffs – that's that's what's going to win you your championship, yeah. and a guy like Jonathan Taylor, that's when he really took off again. Absolutely. Excuse me. Yeah. Okay, so you're talking- so Najee. Then you're you're kind of off off hands off for for a guy like that because he's probably going to be going in the
0: late third, early
1: fourth to start. Right. I
0: mean. I it, you're talking about best ball where I'm talking about I mean, best ball. Strictly yeah. Best ball right now. I, it's not, if you're doing, doing a, a three, $5, $10 best ball, you want to take a swing just to have like, it, it's no problem. I have no problem with it, but I wouldn't use him as a building block strategy. When you were talking about see, guys like you guys, like me and many people out there, we don't do mm-hmm. three 4 best. ball. we do 15, 20. 20 I do 50. <laughs> I do 50 this yeah. year. I plan on doing about 60 of them. I'm not using Harris un undrafted. As yep. a building block player in the third round. Uh, now, enough. if he if he lands, say, you know, people are talking about him on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they don't resign James Conner. Okay, now we're in business. I may have missed out because then he'll probably go in the in the late, early second round. I I probably have missed out on some good value. But again, when you're doing twenty best balls and they're ten dollars each, and you've invested some money that you care about, you want to be very careful about um, risk in the first couple rounds. All right, now. A couple of them, swing for the fence is no problem, but not a building block.
1: Okay, I got a question for you. A couple unrestricted free agent running backs that were, one of them was very productive this year. One of them was a little bit disappointing, but still serviceable. Aaron Jones, may he, maybe he'll be a Green Bay Packer. I don't think he will be. I think he's gone. They've got A.J. Dillon. I think they're going to move forward with Dillon. He's currently being drafted right around the 2-3 turn. And then another guy who we really liked last year, a little bit disappointing, Kenyon Drake currently going right around the middle of the sixth round. Would you take a swing with any of these guys at the right price? Or are we kind of just saying, look, we have no idea where they're going to land. They're getting old. Um, Aaron Jones in particular, I mean, playing with Aaron Rodgers, how could you really replicate that? What do you think?
0: Yeah, so I have have different opinions on both of them. So uh, Drake, uh, I I think he's appropriately priced. Uh, Fifth, sixth round, he probably falls where – You know, you went maybe early on receiver or you took Travis Kelsey and you want to take a swing. But I don't have uh, until I don't think Drake is is signed. Right. Isn't he like he's unrestricted? Yeah, unrestricted. So I don't know if there's going to be a lot of interest in him. I could see him being part of a committee, even signed as a backup. Now Aaron Jones is different. Uh, I think Green Bay actually in my predictions column, I do think they're going to sign him. And if they don't sign him, I give it about a 75 percent chance in my predictions column, which, by the way, I'll I'll tweet out uh, probably next week. Mm But if they don't, I could. See he's only, in my opinion, is going to go to a situation where it's it's a better situation. Maybe Atlanta signs him the same way they were going to treat Todd Gurley to a, a multi year deal. I think if Aaron Jones is is looking to get paid, which he should, he, mm-hmm. he's probably worth you know what any of the top two or three or four running backs are worth in the league. Uh, that he he's going to go to a better situation if he does. And, or if they pay him, if a, if a team pays him, like say like Arizona pays him, they're going yep. to use him right now. I, and I, I, I think he wants to stay in green Bay if they want to run it back yep. with Aaron Rodgers. So they can't sign both Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. Well, Jamal
1: Williams. He's replaceable. Let's, let's call it what it is. Right.
0: But I'm saying they can't, he, he's going to, yep. you know, they can't sign both. So, yep. I don't know if the Packers are going to want to go in with A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams. I think Aaron Jones is someone that uh, Aaron Rodgers is in that coveted circle of trust. So I'm predicting he will be back, but it's certainly in play. Money talks in the NFL. And uh, so I think Aaron Jones is appropriately priced in the two, three turn, probably even a value. Now, he's somebody I would take a swing for and as uh, a somewhat of a building block in hopes that that pays off because we know if Aaron Jones re signs or is put in an optimal situation, he has the potential to be a first round player. Chase Edmonds is going at 99
1: overall. That's what, eighth round? He seems like a guy. Is he okay? First of all, do you think sure. Chase Edmonds has a talent? To be an RB1 for the Arizona Cardinals on his team. And then would you consider him as an RB two with some RB one upside
0: on a given week? I think we see that's a great question to ask because he's he's shown it in flashes, right? He's he's been a top five, top twelve running back in short stints. But I think we've also seen from the uh from the last few years that he's, he's like a, a relief pitcher. He's uh he's like a backup, okay. a good backup quarterback that comes in and wins you three or four games. And everyone thinks that next year, that guy should be the guy. And then they fail like Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater, is someone that you want to, you know, when your quarterback gets hurt, you throw Teddy Bridgewater in there and he holds down the fort, but as a starter, it's not It's not gonna have a lot of upside. I think that's the same thing with chase Edmonds. I think chase Edmonds remains who he is. He's a, someone who you can give five to eight touches, nine touches a game. Uh, I wouldn't want, I know if he's the only running back there on draft day, I think it's a lock uh, as lock as you can get in the NFL for them to draft uh, a second or third round running my third round running back. Uh, So no, I don't believe in chase Edmonds as a starter. Do you, what's your uh, judgment on that one?
1: he's shown flashes and even when it, there was both chase edmonds and Kenyon drake they were both productive in a given week but i just don't really see the upside to me chase edmonds is a guy if i can get him in round nine or ten at that oh, point yeah. you're kind of thinking swings anyways why not have him especially in a best ball team so that if he does have these big weeks where he pops he might show up in your lineup but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you're going to draft somebody, or maybe they'll sign a free agent. Kenyon Drake just didn't quite turn out to be what they want, what they thought he was going to be, uh, following when they actually traded for him two years ago. But uh, Chase Edmonds, I think he's got talent. I just don't know if he's an RB one in an NFL, on an NFL team. But okay, Al, so we're gonna we're gonna close it out here. One last question. Um, I'm gonna swing to the quarterbacks here. So you were the Josh Allen guy last year. We had it on this podcast over and over again. We talked about how you thought Josh Allen had just that absolute breakout potential. Guess what? He broke out year before that Lamar Jackson year before that Patrick Mahomes. It's very early, but if you're going to say, okay, a guy that you can get maybe as the QB, I'm going to call it six to 12 or even later that has that potential to pop in your best balls. So a guy you can get value on that you think is going to outperform his value at ADP. At a QB. Is there anybody that jumps out at you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't have the same locked strong take as I did on those two guys early on, but there's two of them. I mean, obviously, the obvious one is if Jalen Hurts becomes a starter, uh, you know, but that's obviously has been there's been a little bit of cold water thrown on that where they want to rehabilitate uh, the value of Carson Wentz. But I think the pause, pause for a sec. Is that a mistake? Yeah, I mean I would go with Jalen Hurts, but you know, they may they may end up trading him. I, I was talking about that with the geek on the DFS Army podcast. I could see if somebody offers a first round pick for Jalen Hurts, that they would probably take it. I mean, that solves all their problems too. Jalen Hurts. Oh, he's so good. Anyways, yeah. well, moving on. Yeah. So but yeah, I think the the looking at like the QB, the the ADP outside of the top 12 QBs, the guy that can return top five QB value is Taysom Hill. Uh he is we going to be right? the starter and in in New Orleans. Uh we already saw it. So it to me it's uh, he's being ignored. I think his ADP is like QB 19 or 20. Get him while you can, folks. Get Jason him while Hill. you can. His yes. ADP
1: is 169.
0: What is that? Right like now. quarterback what?
1: Let me see. Let me see. I can, yeah. let forget say you put me on the spot here, Al.
0: Yeah, it's fine. Okay. We we got time. We got time. But, but that's All the right. one that that sticks out. Uh in the in the dynasty rankings, I even 35. have him
1: what QB 25,
0: yeah, Q, uh, there you go, QB 25. Okay, yeah. so that's the guy that actually could finish in the top five. All right, so just Love get it. him, just just you know, lock him into all your best ball leagues. And right now, you don't have to fight the room for him. Round nine, take him, you know, if you want to. uh, that is there some risk? Sure, I mean, because he course. hasn't been named the starter, but I, what is there, an 80% chance he's the starter? I mean, Jameis Winston, I, I look, I, I would ranger. say that when you compare. To- James-
1: yeah, free. I mean, he's a free agent. That's one. I think they might consider signing him back. It's always valuable to have a backup QB, and he didn't really show anything, right? So our team's going to be jumping at it. I would say that his interceptions, obviously poor decisions, but when you compare that to, say, what Tom Brady did this year in Bruce Arians' offense, it's just a more risk risky offense, right? So maybe his interceptions were inflated a little bit, but ultimately turning the ball over will cost you games, right? And we saw that. So... I agree with you. I think Taysom Hill is going to be the starter for sure. I, I, I'd give it like a 90% chance, barring go. like a major injury or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be exciting. We're just getting started. I mean, it's it's friggin', it's, it's January 31st, and we are talking about best ball leagues. This is the place to be, ladies and gentlemen. Al, where do the good people find you?
0: Okay. On- At Alan Soslowski on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Find me over right. there
1: of course you are writing articles for at over at rosterwatch.com go check those out i believe a lot of them are free articles um for dynasty mm-hmm. depot rosterwatch is doing the exclusive dynasty rankings for them i believe you are working with mr dunlop and uh, and byron lambert <clears throat> on those rankings and of course at the flex network one ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening we are the flex network
0: the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. This right here is the Flex Network. Yeah. Flex on G.